What's up, everybody? And welcome to What's in Your Glass. I'm your host, Carmelo Anthony. Every week, I'll be bringing you conversations with some of the greatest minds across sports, entertainment, business, and more. And of course, all over a glass of wine. Before we get going, let's first welcome today's guest. You know him as the owner of Dallas Mavericks, the star of Shark Tank, which is one of my favorite shows, of course, and an incredible entrepreneur, man. Please welcome to the show, Mark Cuban. Mark, welcome. What up, Mello? Thanks for having me on. I got my glass of Pinot Noir. First of all, Mark, on, on, on today's show, we, we're, we're drinking. What are you drinking today? That's what I want to know. So I got to tell you, I'm not a wine guy. I'm a beer guy. You know, maybe some spirits every now and then. And I couldn't find my Mad Dog 2020 on my Boone's farm. So I had to borrow from my wife, our Pinot Noir. I can't even pronounce it right. It's an Italian wine that she's got. Um, and so I'm going to be sipping um, and we'll see how it goes because when it comes to drinking like beer wine, I'm a lightweight. That stuff, boom. <laughs> no, that's all good. I'm, I'm over here. I'm drinking uh, a, a nice Italian Brunello today. Nice. Nice, nice six, nice, nice six o'clock on the East Coast glass of wine. So Perfect. That's 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 good. Um Mark, first of all, I just want let's cheers. We usually do a cheers on the show. Yeah. We do we do a virtual cheer. Usually we'd be in person, but we do a cheers. So I just want to say cheers to you and cheers to everything that you've accomplished, no, everything that's going on uh in this crazy world of ours. So cheers. Cheers to you. Let's let's talk about today's selection. We want to discuss what wine you're drinking, where it's from, what that means. Uh, so, all right, let's let's get to it. So, if you can explain a little bit of what you're drinking today, if you can, uh, based off based off of what your wife told you, then what you're about to hear, Mellow, is called "Think You Make It." <laughs> this is Vino. Um, it's Italian, 2019. We get it. You know, people send you stuff, right? So we get it, got it as a gift, and I've got like a whole wine cellar um, full. And and my wife, every now and then, will pull one out and go, "Okay, this is really, really nice. Are you going to have a glass with me?" And I'll say, "No, <laughs> I'm not going to have a glass." But help yourself, baby. And she was like, "This is good." And so actually, it's nice. You know. Um, it's in my little Shark Tank class that we use on set, but um, it, it's nice. It's it's smooth, and it's I don't know what I'm supposed to eat it with, eat with it, but uh, <laughs> actually I like it. It's you know it's you have you you have your 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 lamb. I know you're a lamb. You're a lamb guy. No, I'm a vegetarian now. I'm oh, a vegetarian. So you're a vegetarian, so excuse me about that. That it goes <laughs> it goes well with vegetarian dishes as well. A pinot is very a pinot is very light anyway, so it goes well with all dishes. Yeah, I mean, I've had pinot at dinner before because it's kind of like safe, right? You can't go wrong with, with pinot. It's just like it's going to go, and you're not going to look like an idiot because that's my biggest fear. Not that I won't like the wine, but someone's going to say, "What the hell are you drinking? Eating that stuff?" Right? So <laughs> yeah, no pinot. Away. Pinot, you could drink with you could drink with whatever. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Pinot, you're safe. That's a safe bet. That's exactly. <laughs> that's, it. That's, that's, a exactly safe, that's a safe. That's a safe bet. Um, Let's 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 jump to one of the topics though. Let's let's jump to the Olympics, right? Yep. You 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 you're obviously a, a big basketball guy, obviously, uh, yep. and, and a big sports guy. And you, I know I love that the Olympics is back. I'm sure you love. I'm sure you love the Olympics is back. What what do you think about the the, the men's basketball team this year? So obviously we're going to be great, right? And you know I've always pushed for you. You're you're the legend <laughs> of the USA Olympic team, man. So you know I always was pushing for you to be there. Um, but I mean, the names that are on there, 
we should, if we don't torch everybody, it, it, there's going to be something wrong, right? I mean, there's just so much talent. And the guys are are ready to go. But the problem is, as you know, man, it's already a compressed season, which was already really tough on your you guys, right? Just playing that many games with all the testing protocols and everything. And so to jump, you know, if, particularly if you're playing in the finals, I don't know, you know, if CP3 could even think about playing, you know, and then going to the Olympics. But um you know, it's going to be tough because you're going to go right from the season to the Olympics and then right back into another season. And so, you know, I, I can give you an argument that as much as I love watching the Olympics and rooting for our guys, you know what your body would feel like, right? Coming out of the other side back going into an 82 game series. That's, See, um, that's, that's, that's the only kind of thing about that, right? And, and, and being that it's this year and it was pushed back push forward to this year or push back to this year. It's the simple fact of timing, right? It's the, the schedule, our schedule. I mean, we've been playing from the bubble straight to, you know, straight to the shortened season, but it's, it was it was longer on the back end of the of the of the season. And then you go into Olympics and then you come out of Olympics and then you got to go right into, you know, the the uh, another regular <laughs> season, right? An 82 an 82 game season. So, but but think about some of the the European players, right? You you have you have you know someone like Luca that, that that's on your team, but they got to play differently. They got to qualify. They got to they got to play in the, you know in the Euro games over there. So it's even more taxing for those guys. And I'm gonna give you my hot take on the whole thing, right? <laughs> here's what I here's what I told Adam. I think we should start our own World Cup. Oh, I like you know that. how you know how in soccer, right? They they send 21 and under to the Olympics. And then they have their own World Cup and all the teams get paid. All the players get paid. Right. And so I've been arguing with, for this for 20 years that, look, we're sending our, our best stars to the Olympics, you know, and guys don't get hurt a lot, but they do get worn down, particularly this year. Right. And all it does is make some, you know, the Interla International Olympic Committee billions of dollars. You know, that money should be going to, to you and us. Right. I mean, literally, if we did our own World Cup, could we get a billion dollars in revenue, split 51 percent players, 49 percent teams? Yeah, I think we could, particularly after a few years. And so that's what I've always been arguing for. And then David Stern and now Adam would say, oh, no, we can't do that. <laughs> hey, here's to getting paid. <laughs> I just got to work a whole different angle. You know, some sometimes ideas like that come to fruition when people just decide to do it. Right. Yep. And when you just go and do it and then you answer the questions later, that's when I find myself being a little bit more productive than anything, waiting to see what happens. In, right. In a regular business, yeah, but you know what happens when I just go <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. What 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 are your thoughts on actually holding the games while we're still, you know, technically in this pandemic? You know, the NBA's done a great job of keeping players protected. And so has the, the union. As a matter of fact, you know, they've worked together to make sure that, I mean, they're wearing masks even now, even when most people are vaccinated. And so they, they've been really strict about it. It wasn't easy, you know, I mean, oh my goodness, having to get up no matter where you are, no matter what time you came in and test more than once a day sometimes. But I think the NBA is going to make sure they keep everybody safe and they have to. And now with the new variants, you know, hopefully all the guys have been vaccinated, but um, I think they're going to have to stick to the protocols just to keep people safe. What is, what, what is your what is your speaking on Olympics? What is your favorite moment of the Olympics? 
You don't have to say me because I'm on here with you, but what is your... <laughs> <laughs> so in 1992, okay. right, I just sold my company and I was in my 20s and just sold my company and me and my, and I bought a lifetime pass in American Airlines. And one of my buddies, Mark Stahl, says to me, let's go to the Olympics um, in Barcelona. And I'm like, let's go. Let's go. Right. <laughs> so get on a plane, go to Barcelona, walk up to the arena, buy two tickets, get into the seats. Police come over, escort us off. We had bought counterfeit tickets, right? But then they were really nice and put us in the press box. And, and I got to watch the Dream Team whoop up on Lithuania. So that, that, <laughs> that was my was, best Olympics. That was 92. So that leads, that leads right there to my next question, my next category. That was, a, that was a real strategic business move right there that you did. In <laughs> 92. So we fast forward that to now. And here you have Shark Tank. Right. So so yep. as someone who has a stake in, in, in tons of businesses, like we, we all know how time can be very limited. Can you speak uh, to, just to the value of time and your strategy that, that ensures sure. you spend time taking care of each and everything that you have to do? Well, as you know, right, because you, you invest a lot now, too. Right. you got to have the right team. Right. And what I try to do is hire people who are nothing like me that have a skill set that's completely different than mine. Um, and so I'm like a ready, fire, aim guy. That's the type of entrepreneur I am. So I need really anal perfectionists all around me to keep me within the baselines. And so that's the type of group I have. And so, you know, I've done more than 80 deals on Shark Tank and I've got a group of nine, 10 people now that kind of keep everything rolling, but I still have to communicate with all the entrepreneurs I invest in because I don't want to be that, that entrepreneur, that, that investor that doesn't talk to them. So the way I work, Mello, is I'm not big on meetings or calls. So I, I have them send me weekly or biweekly email reports and always bad news first. Because what I tell them is I invested in you because I expect there to be good news, right? I expect all this to work. That's why I invested. But if you have a challenge and an issue, I want to know about it when it happens so I can help you right off the bat. And so that's kind of my style. Um, most of the companies are tech companies, but I've got a lot of um, since I've become a vegetarian, I've invested in more health food. <laughs> and so I've become kind of more versed on all that stuff and, and pushing that side of things, but it's worked out. I mean, you know, in terms of the businesses, probably 25% have done really, really well. And I've had one where I made, you know, tens of millions of dollars on it. And then about 25% were just ugly. And then the rest are in between, you know, get done. So after that, right, you, and debuting in 2020, uh, if I, if I can recall, like I'm, I, I can say I'm excited to see kind of champion, black businesses, right? Like yeah, you, sure. you, 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 you created that and it's back and Shark Tank is actually involved in that as well. Correct. Yep. So for those who don't know the the champion black businesses initiative works to elevate black owned businesses and their stories in partnership with the NBA uh, and ESPN. Um, yep. So Mark, how, how are you approaching your role as a, as a mentor of, the, of these businesses? It's great, right? Cause um, it's a cookie company here in Dallas and I can't give you all the details till it airs. Absolutely. But, um, we, we, we come, they came on and I did it last year as well. Um, last year was more difficult because it was um, a black women's um, hair products company. I didn't have a whole lot of value I could have. So I, so I was really pushing it, right? Pushing the entrepreneur that was running it was awesome. And, and it's the same with the two entrepreneurs. Um, it's a husband and wife team that are running this company. You know, my job is just to take all my years of experience and just give them that knowledge. 
you know, because every entrepreneur, there, there's a commonality, as you know, right, with every entrepreneur, there, there's always that same anxiety. There's always the same frustrations. There are always the same challenges in hiring and managing people and trying to find a path to growth. There's always challenges in trying to figure out how you're going to sell, um, whether it's a product, service or ads, whatever it is. And because I've been through it so often, that's what I've done. So I, I just grilled them with questions. I went all Shark Tank on them, <laughs> just hit them up with questions and, and um you know, it, responding to their answers. And, you know, they're, they're really good. And, you know, it, it's interesting as, as an investor, I try to go where people don't look because that's where you find the best deals. And when you go into communities of color, there's not a, a lot of investment now. And so, you know, to me, there's just so many great opportunities. You know, if you go to markcuban.com, you can see all the investments I've done in, in women-owned business, people of color, um, you name it, um, because there's just so many opportunities and nobody else is looking there. You said you said you you asked tons of questions, right? And, and yeah. as as an investor now, I understand the questions that you that you're asking as well, and I understand the answers that I I will be looking for, or the certain you know, the type of tone that you answer the question with. What was the one question? that you asked that got you to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to do this. Well, the first thing I look for is something that makes me say, Oh, sh- oh wow. Right. <laughs> you know, this has got something that makes it really different. So like on shark tank, I invested in a company, um, everything legendary. It's, um, a vegan, um, um, hamburger, right. It's, it's non-meat meat kind of competes with beyond meat. And there's, um, these three entrepreneurs, that are just incredible. This guy, Dwayne Misko, you can go to everything legendary on um, Instagram and the way they market, they don't just walk in and say, Hey, this is how my product's better. This is why you should buy it. They walk in and put on a show. I mean, they, they go in and they do, you know how you walk into a grocery store and there's people giving samples out yeah, and everything. Yeah. It's a show. <laughs> and so when you, when you buy and eat this burger, you're part of the show and their, their sales have just boomed because they understand their market. They understand that people want healthy, but they also want to trust and connect and enjoy the companies that they buy from. And so when I see an entrepreneur that understands how to sell their product, understands what business they're truly in. Like when you're not, when you're in the cookie business, you're not really about selling cookies. You're about putting smiles on faces, right? right? Making people happy. Making people happy, making the kids happy, making yourself happy. Have a bad day, eat a cookie, right? <laughs> Have a bad day, eat an everything legendary burger. I've got another one of my entrepreneurs, Noel Dirty, and he's got twisted up combs, right? And so I didn't know a whole lot about naturals, African-American hair naturals, right? You know, but I learned all about sponges and he's got this thing that looks like a tennis racket. And when you go in and you're, you're you know, on the barber chair or yourself and you want to twist it up, so he called it twisted up and he is killing it. He's paid me back my money. I don't even know how many times over. Now he's invested in other businesses and paying it forward. And it looks like a little tennis racket. And I didn't understand the business or the product, but I knew he was a great entrepreneur because he was a grinder. He loved his product. He understood that selling isn't about convincing people. It's about helping people. And he knew his product made life easier versus the sponges that, that people had to use. And so he was able to, to convey that to me. And so th- those are the types of things I look for. Do you love it? Are you a learner? Can you sell? Can you help people? You know, and are you having fun doing it? And when that happens, that's when the magic happens. Absolutely. You, you invest in the people. Right. And you're, you're, you're investing in people. Let's drink the Shark Tank entrepreneurs one on one right here for sure. 
jumping off your role as a as a mentor, you know, for for this initiative, which is incredible. Can you speak to the larger role of, I would say, like the the NBA and society and just social justice in particular? Because you 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 you've spoken out, you've been heavy heavily involved in, in in certain initiatives. Yeah, I mean, when you look at what a, a team is, right? I said it from the first day. I learned it early on when I bought the Mavs. I don't own the Mavs. Mavs fans own the Mavs. I, I'm just responsible for the Bills. You know, Mel, when a team's on a playoff run or when a team wins a championship, the city's always on fire, right? Everybody's talking. Everybody's fired up. And then you win a championship and they throw a parade. There's no other business where they throw a parade other than professional sports because there's such a tight bond between you know, people and their families and their communities and their favorite teams. And that bond has to go both ways. You know, it can't just be adulation from the fan for the players and the team. It's got to be if you really want to become part of the community, if you really want to connect to your customer base, you've got to go out and be part of the community. You've got to go out and participate in programs. And when they hurt, we hurt. When there's injustices there, there's injustices for us. And it's not always going to be popular. Not all your fans are going to be happy about it. But I, I truly believe that when you do the right thing, when, when you're kind and when you help people and, and, and really put yourself in a position to, to take stress away from others and, and really improve their, their positioning, then it's the right thing to do and you do it. Um, and I'm really fortunate. My CEO, Sint Marshall, is just a rock star who, who helps me understand different communities that I'm not part of. Indeed. The ratings, right? Let's talk about NBA for a little bit. Sure. I'm, 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 I'm on this side, but I also understand your side as well. Right. Um, what is your what was your response be to those that's blaming ratings on, on the NBA and their stance to support uh, their players in the social adjustment, uh, social justice movement. Yeah, all I tell them is look at the ratings now. You know, for, let me take one step back. When when you see all that stuff, it's almost always on Twitter, right? right? Twitter's not real world. The one thing you can't do is get caught up in what people at Twitter are saying because it's so easy to get mad, right? You've been there, right? Someone says something, they're ripping on you, they're tearing you, you know, and then everybody dives in and piles on on you. And your natural competitive instinct is to get mad. And, you know, what I try to do is just inform with facts because that keeps me from getting mad. And the facts are, you know, last year in the bubble, it was tough, right? We're out of season. All sports were playing at the same time. There weren't fans there. Now our ratings are up. The last ones I saw were up 39% over last year. And we're down a little bit from the year before, but that actually is still good news because the number of people who watch on traditional television has declined, right? So we're getting a higher percentage. And and I'll use Shark Tank as an analogy. It used to be that Shark Tank for the coveted 18 to 49 audience Five years ago, we pulled what a 2.0, 2% of the people uh, under um, 18 to 49 were watching Shark Tank. Now we pull a 0.6 to 0.8, and that's considered really good. The NBA, when we were pulling a 2.0 at Shark Tank, was pulling 1.2s and 1.3s because we were on broadcast, they were on cable for most broadcast. Now the NBA is pulling just what Shark Tank pulls. So we're outperforming what over-the-air broadcast television like Shark Tank and ABC were doing on TNT, on ESPN. And so we're getting better. And I saw something um, that I tweeted the other day that said that um, 
as a percentage of people watching television, because there's fewer people watching television, but as a percentage, the NBA is the highest it's been since 2002 and 2003, that season. And so we're, we're, we're doing well. And then our biggest challenge and what we talk about in a lot of these committee meetings that I go to is we are the, the sport of all sports on Instagram, Twitch, you know, TikTok, number one sport. And it's not even close 18 to 24, 12 to 24, number one sport. We just dominate on social media three times the, the number of views of the NFL on YouTube or Twitch, et cetera. And our challenge now is to figure out how to monetize it. So we both can make some money off of it. And so that's that, because that's the hard thing because kids that are coming up like your kids, my kids, you know, they're, they're not watching TV the way we did, right. You know, we're on TikTok, they're on <laughs> YouTube, right. All that. Right. And so we've got to figure out a way to make that stronger from a financial perspective, because that's where, that's where we're dominating and we still haven't figured all that out, but we will. But that's, I mean, that's, that's also a testament to you guys as, you know, as, as partners of ours, as players, you know, the, 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 the owners and the, you know, and, and the, the commissioner, Adam Silver, you know, how, how we was able to just come together and find commonality, yeah. you know, where we can, you know, one hand washes the other. We're partners. We're, you know, even though we out there playing, but we still in support of you guys, you guys are in support of us. And I think that's, cheers to that. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Absolutely. I think the minute that we came and found that common ground as players and, 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 and the governors, the game became easier. The business became easier. It started booming. And, 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 and you see what happens, right? Because there's a support system from the players and the governors, you know, slash owners or whatever. So I have to take my hat off to you guys and as well as, you know, the commissioner, Adam Silver, for getting us and getting us in this position to be able to continue to grow, getting us through the bubble, getting us through this, this, this short and lengthy season. And now hopefully we can get back you know, to, to regular scheduled programming. So well, it goes both ways, Paula, because, you know, the thing about the NBA that's different than every other professional sport is our players are the most recognizable of any sport. Right. I mean, one to one to 17 now, either it's because kids are playing video games. Right. They're playing 2K and they know everybody and how to play them. And then, you know, they're gambling or, you know, playing daily fantasy. You know, or they're just seeing the highlights, right? Just dominating, watching highlights. And so, you know, we are a player driven league. And the fact that the players have really been able to establish themselves as brands like you have, you've been a brand, you know, seven's been a brand forever, you know? And so that really helps the leagues. You know, you look at football after the quarterback and maybe one running back or receiver, your favorite team, you couldn't name, you know, by sight, three players, right? you know? I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. After Ben walks oh, in, don't now, don't, you're a Pittsburgh fan. I know I'm gonna come. Oh. I know you're from Buffalo. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I always wear my Steelers shirt. <laughs> no hard feelings. This conversation. No hard feelings. <laughs> the players drive drive the drive the train, right? Because. You, and the fact that and you see how different, right? Look how different players coming into the NBA are today versus five years versus, you know, your draft class night and day. Absolutely. You know, it's just so different. You know, as we were looking for our new coach and GM, we were talking and it's like players today have so many distractions. You know, when you got in, right, it was you're here to play ball and your vets were like, that's what it's all about. Right. We're going to break you in. Now every kid comes in has been a star their entire life has been a brand since they've been in eighth grade. That's difficult. 
it's different. So speaking on the Mavs, right? You 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 guys are going through a lot of changes with 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 the hiring of two of my good friends, and one of I had a force. I was fortunate enough to play with Jason Kidd. Uh, so you hired Jason Kidd, and then the hiring of Nico Harrison as, as, as the GM, and more more changes of more changes over there. Now that it's now that it's it's the off season, like what are you hoping to accomplish heading into the season? Get better, right? We got a good squad. I think, you know, like you guys went through a coaching change. You know, Terry's a great coach. He was with us, but sometimes you, you need a different voice, mm-hmm. and sometimes things have to change. Um, and and so with Jay Kidd and Nico, we know we have a good squad. We just. I just think a different voice sometimes. And coach was great. Coach Rick was great. I mean, Absolutely. one of the best Eskimos coach. Yeah. But at the same time, sometimes you just need that different voice. And I think having Jay Kidd come in and give just the the benefit of his knowledge, right? A future Hall of Fame point guard and Luca matched up with Jay Kidd. You know, KP, potential future Hall of Famer, just got, you know, the, the unicorn, just being able to put him in a better position to succeed. Because I think KP got a bad, bad rap this this year. I mean, the guy comes out 20 and 9. You know, you know how <laughs> I know. Is, listen, right? I know how it works, Mark. You know I know how it works. <laughs> yeah, you do, right? 29, right? And then he does exactly what we ask him to do on the court in the playoffs, does his role just like we asked, and it, it, and is getting beat up over it. And so Jay Kidd, I think, understands that a little, understands that well, because he's been on both sides of it. And so you have him helping Luca, you have him helping, you know, put all the right offense in place because he's an offensive genius. And I think, I think we'll be in a good spot. I like that. I, I, I mean, I have to congratulate you on picking those two guys or hiring those two guys. Uh, again, I had a, I had the, you know, the privilege of playing alongside Jason Kidd with the Knicks and in the in the Olympics. So. He's, he's, he's a mentor of mine. And then just Nico, just knowing him for 10, 15 plus years and just knowing how much he, you know, he he, he worked, you know, he, he worked his ass off to get where he's at, you know, to get that that high up in Nike and then now to come up. Running it. He was running, running, running it. Yeah, yeah, let, me, let me fix that. He was running Nike. He was running, running Nike. It. Shout out to Nico right. for running Nike. <laughs> Shout out to Nico and JK. So like- absolutely, absolutely. Switching gears a little bit again. Uh, let's let's talk something that I I'm, I really love crypto, right? Okay. I, I I know you I know you have a real real passion for it. Can you can you well, get? I gotta, I gotta hear what you're into. What side of crypto are you into? I'm gonna get to that. I'm gonna get to that, Mark. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna get to that. Can you give me and 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 the listeners uh, just just like a brief one on one of what it is. Why you believe? Why you believe in it? Why you why you believe that it could be useful? Because a lot of people don't understand the basics of crypto. Right. So crypto depends on which crypto asset you're talking about is different, right? So Bitcoin is digital gold. Yes. That's all you need to know, right? Gold has a little bit of manufacturing usage, but if we all lost our gold jewelry, that's all vanity, right? Nothing's going to change in our life. Bitcoin is just a digital version of that, only because it's controlled in the number that will ever be um, issued, 21 million, and the fact that it's easier to trade than gold. No one takes actual possession of gold. Right. And, you know, you just trade it digitally anyways. (laughs) 
and Bitcoin is the exact same thing, only it's more efficient in doing that. And so I'm, I'm a much bigger fan. And I think Bitcoin takes market share from gold over the years because as baby boomers die off and Gen Z and um, millennials, you know, get more assets and invest more, I think you're going to see a transition there. So that's part one. Part two then is like Ethereum and most everything else is kind of built or compatible with Ethereum. Um, but let's, with Ethereum, what it does is a, it's a network that creates a platform for something called smart contracts. Smart contracts are software that run on top of Ethereum that allow you to create different types of businesses. And so um, smart contracts are used to create NFTs. Smart contracts are used to allow, like one company I invested in, allows you to invest in insurance, all automated. Smart contract allows you to do something called DeFi that's becoming more and more popular, which allows anybody to be a personal banker. And, you know, smart contracts allow you to um, to trade cryptocurrencies and crypto assets you know, without any human intervention, it's, it's something that's called trustless. And so the way, the best way to understand and kind of way that I got it right in my own mind, back in 1990, late 94, early 95, I sat down with a friend of mine. I went to Indiana University and um, who beat Syracuse just right when I was there. <laughs> yeah, keep um, smart, keep smart. Yeah, keep smart. <laughs> shot, exactly. And so, um, he was like, okay, we got to be able to use this new thing called the internet to be able to listen to Indiana basketball. I'm like, okay, I'm a tech geek. Let me figure that out. But back then when we started the streaming business, um, you had to have a PC, a dial up modem. You had to have, um, uh, ISP dial up provider, all this stuff just to be able to stream audio and then video. It was really, really complicated just the way Crypto and all these smart contracts seem really, really complicated right now. Now, fast forward 10 years to YouTube, 20 years to Netflix, right? When you turn on Netflix and click on something, you're streaming the same way we did in 1995, but it's all hidden. So with crypto, you're going to see all these applications that are popping up that use crypto as a base because it's more efficient for a lot of different types of companies, particularly financial companies, particularly personal finance companies to use Ethereum or Ethereum compatible um, blockchains and level twos, they call them, to do these applications. And so right now it's complicated and you have and people want to talk about the technology, but all that's going to be hidden as you go forward. And so just, you know, I'm ex as excited about crypto today as I was about the Internet in 1995. But like the Internet in 1995, there was a lot of good companies and there was a lot of crazy shit. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And it's hard to tell one from the other. There was Pets.com that disappeared <laughs> immediately. Right. And there was other stuff that nobody even remembers that people were pitching me um, and companies that went belly up quickly. And so you're seeing a lot of that now. But as the technology matures um, and it will, crypto keeps on improving over time, then you'll see a lot of applications. Now, in terms of what do you buy? I can tell you, I own a fair amount of Bitcoin. I own even more Ethereum. I own a, um, something called Matic because it's compatible with Ethereum. The way I judge the value of something is for crypto, I look to see how much is it being used and is it generating revenue? Is it generating transaction fees? If it's generating transaction fees, the way crypto typically works is those fees go to token holders in one way or another, through staking or liquidity providing, you know, so it's unique. It's like as if a Shark Tank company 
was doing royalties, <laughs> you know? And so they just pay you straight through one way or in, in various manners. And so what I tell people is other than Ethereum and Bitcoin, look to see if they're actually generating ro- um, revenue. If they are generating transaction revenue, then it's something really worth looking at. If they're not, you better be really certain that they're going to be able to, because otherwise they can't stay in business. And a lot of these um, crypto assets will go out of business at some point. So the, the, the word the word of the day is trustless. That's the word of that's the word of the day is is, is trustless. The word of the day. <laughs> so I'm 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 big on the NFT the NFT market, right? right? And, and and similarly, I've seen some of your posts on you know lazy like top shots top you know NBA yeah. top shots etc. Can you give us a rundown of the of the NFT market and, and why it interests you? Sure. Um, so at the early days of the NFT, so let me take a step back. So I'm a geek, right? So when there's <laughs> something new technology-wise, I got to dig in and figure it out because I want to see if I can make some money, what I can invest in and all that. So back in January, I took, um, like, you know, you may see me when you play in, in, um, in Dallas, I'll go out before a game and just get shots up. It's one of the best parts of owning a Mavs, right? <laughs> you know, before the guys come up, I'm up there just, and it gets wet, so I have to mop some, but, you know, I'm up there putting up shots. And um, so somebody had a picture of me walking into the arena, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this new NFT thing. I've got this picture of this GIF someone sent me, and I'm going to turn it into an NFT, which is a process called minting. And I'm going to put it on a website called, um, I did my first one on rarible.com. And I'm like, I'm going to, I created 10 of them. I sold them for the equivalent of $25. And I'm like, no one's going to buy this shit, right? It's just crazy. But as I'm putting it together and you go through and you fill out the forms um, and upload the file, it had this thing said royalties. I'm like, what? (laughs) And the cool part is when you sell an NFT and then it gets resold again and again and again, you can set a percentage of that resale value that you get paid. I had no idea that was part of it. So I was happy to learn that. So I put my 10 pictures of me getting ready to get up shot um, on Rarible and I sold out and I tweeted about it and I sold out in like 10 minutes. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. But that wasn't the craziest part. The people who bought them for 25 bucks, they kept on selling them and reselling them and reselling them and reselling them. And the price kept on going up to thousands of dollars. And I had all these royalties. (laughs) I got all these royalties. Oh my goodness! Here's the royalties on NFTs, right? Cheers, cheers, royalties and NFTs. But that's that's a testament to you as well because you you are, you know, you are a textbook definition for what so many people think of when, when we think of success, successful entrepreneurs. Is is having is having an eye for, for for innovation like with NFTs or a drive to constantly grow something that is needed to become successful and stay successful. Uh, is, is that an ever evolving landscape for you at the intersection of business and oh, media? Yeah. You got it. It's like basketball, right? You got to keep on learning. There's always something new. Like I got to work, you know, I didn't come into the NBA knowing analytics, right? I had to learn all that and it keeps on changing and improving. And all technology is the same way. My dad used to say, you don't live in the world you were born into. There's always something new coming along. And if you're willing to learn and put in the time and it takes a lot of time, you're always going to have an edge because most people don't even show up, let alone put in the time to learn. And that's really what I've been able to do best. 
I, you know, I love to learn, like I'll sit and I'll learn how the smart contracts work for NFTs. I'll make sure I do an NFT, right? I'll learn how the market works so that I got it down solid, you know, and that allows me to make investments in marketplaces and other places that where I can make some money. So they go hand in hand. But yeah, if you really, you know, crypto in particular, you know, you can just go with what's hot and, you know, just run it out there and see what, what sticks. But at the same time, if you're willing to put in the time and really learn it, then you're going to get a huge edge and figure out what works. You're still going to make mistakes. I've, I've screwed up many times, man. But with crypto, if you get it right one time, yeah, bam, you're good. <laughs> you're, you're, good. you're good. Self-education. That's that's what it is. Self-education for sure. <laughs> yeah, Are there any other lines of businesses you have um, or, or markets that you're particularly excited about right now? Yeah, I mean, the reality is the things that are going to change our world. Uh, number one, artificial intelligence. For sure. That's just a game changer. For sure. So, like, when I look to invest in public companies, like, I'm a big, my two big companies are Amazon and Netflix. But the, and the reason I invested them and the only companies I'll consider, you have to be great at AI. And so when you look at these companies, Amazon, Netflix, Microsoft, Apple, um, Facebook, Google, right? What makes them different isn't, isn't even how good their product is. They are the best companies in the world at doing AI. And artificial intelligence really has, has broken companies into two types, AI haves and AI have nots. And I mean, look at TikTok. What makes TikTok great is the fact that they have some incredible artificial intelligence and they know how to keep kids connected. <laughs> For sure. Like, yeah, so if you're watching, like, like on most social media, if you, it's who you follow, right? But if you watch two mellow highlights, you're going to get mellow highlights all the time. Absolutely. Right? And so artificial intelligence is one. Personalized medicine is next. Now, I'm not as up to speed on that because it's just outside my strength, you know, <laughs> learning all the science, but I still try to keep up. Um, and personalized medicine, your whole body is just like one big math equation. There's just like trillions and trillions of variables, every little thing that I can't even describe. And slowly but surely, we're figuring out what all those variables are. And as we figure them out, we can come up with ways to solve problems. That's They used artificial intelligence to help come up with the vaccine so quickly. And so that whole mRNA thing, they're gonna someday, who knows when in the future, they'll come up with a cure for cancer using AI as a way to anticipate how cells respond to different stimuli and how to, um, when, when cells go crazy, how to stop it. And so artificial intelligence combined with pers to create personalized medicine is going to be a world changer. And then crypto. I think crypto is going to change how we do business. And the simple ex simplest example I can give you is like if you think about textbooks in college classes, right? You, you try to find like a use. If you're like me, you try to find a used book. You try not to mess it up. And then you got to go through the hassle of sending it to some online used bookstore, right? <laughs> or going to the used bookstore. And imagine if they were just NFTs. And so your, your textbook was an NFT. You used it just like, you know, you'd read an Amazon book. Um, and, and so you read it online. You're done with it. You sell it on an NFT marketplace. You, you put it on lazy.com, you know. And if you want to check out my NFTs, lazy.com. <laughs> <laughs> 
plug. Um, way, to, way to plug that. <laughs> always, always. It's Shark Tank Friday nights on ABC. Absolutely. Oh. So look, so and so, and of course, that's a great, that's a great uh, leader because all roads lead back to Shark Tank. So always, all roads. Always. So I, you know, first of all, congratulations on, on winning Best Business Show at, at, at the Critics Choice Awards. That's I want to get yeah. that out the way. So, but my follow-up question to that would be. What keeps the show fresh after 12 years? After 12 seasons, what keeps it fresh? Like, how have you seen, like, you've seen the show from here to go yeah. to here to there. Like, how have you seen the show evolve just over time? Great producers and people who love the show, right? 40, like, in normal times, pre-pandemic, 40 to 50,000 people applied to be on the show. Wow. It's crazy. People wait in line hours hours and they, they do a tour from city to city to city for people to apply. And even during the pandemic, they did it online and tens of thousands of people applied. And so the producers go through and they find some funny ones. They find some crazy ones, some decent ones and some amazing ones. And you got to have a mix because it's got to be television. But just the idea that, you know, up, that you can see, you can see a window into an entrepreneur's soul, basically, and their mind and what it took to go from, you know, Baltimore, Maryland or Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania or Pocatello, Idaho. Right. And get on that carpet on Shark Tank and show your business and have a chance to become a multimillionaire if one of us invests. That's crazy. And the reason I do the show is you know, every day I'm getting emails or people would stop me, you know, and now starting again um, and say things like, you know, I watched you as a kid growing up and I started my own business <laughs> yeah. or my son or daughter. Now I'm feeling old when they're telling me that, <laughs> but you know, I was 12 and I'm 22 and I'm starting this company, but also like their kids watch it. And if we can, if we can send a message to kids in particular that the American dream is alive and well, may not always be easy. Right. May not always be equal opportunity, but if you can get that foot in the door and, and you have that dream to be an entrepreneur, watch Shark Tank, because we might just be able to give you the inspiration you need. And, and just being able to do that and sit up there and think about that when they're pitching us, that makes me feel good. And, and that's really why I'm proud of the show. It's more it's, it's more to it than just investing. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, more yeah. to it. It's, yeah, because. I can make money on other deals. Look, me investing in some of these things, they're garbage. <laughs> garbage. Now, I'm not going to throw some of my kids under the bus, right? Right? But well, you also you, you also put them in the, in, the, in, the, in the Dallas Stadium, too, in the arena. So you, that oh, helps. Yeah, you keep, yeah, you keep it in-house. You keep it in-house. Always, 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 always. Yeah, but at the same time, some people, like, no matter how hard you try to help them, yeah. they can't get out of their own way. That's, that's, right? that's business. That's how it is. And you, you, you know that more than anybody. Oh, my God. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like you walk, you know what it reminds me of? You walk into a basketball court, and there's some always three, four, five guys there who think they should be in the NBA, right? <laughs> Just somebody watch them, right? And they have no idea what it's really like. And then you can walk out there and torch them. Business is the same way, right? You can watch it or watch Shark Tank and think in your mind you know exactly what to do. But until you get in there and execute, and play the game and live up to the competition, you're not, you, you, you haven't accomplished anything. And so, you know, business is the ultimate sport. And, you know, I, that's why I like to be part of Shark Tank. That's why I like business. I, it's so competitive. Man. Indeed. Just, you know, I used to give Dirk shit all the time. I'd be like, <laughs> dude, you play 48 minutes in a game, right? You practice a couple hours and you get days off when you're tired. Business is 24-7 yeah. by 365 and you don't even know who you're competing against. Absolutely. Absolutely. Big shout out to that, too. You don't know who you're competing against. Just compete. 
And big Just, shout out to the big, big German. Big shout out to the big German, Dirk, for sure. <laughs> so we're going we gonna, to we gonna bring it back to the closing, man. But we're going to also want to okay. bring it back to uh, why we're here. What's in your glass, right? I have a, uh-huh. I have a few uh, quick-fire questions for you to close out. Uh, myself, okay. myself and the people have to know what's in your glass on some special occasion. So it doesn't have to be labeled specifically, but what's your go-to when... You're on a family champagne. vacation. When you're on a family champagne. vacation, what's your go-to? Yeah, champagne still, right? Because it still reminds me, can you see that guy behind me? Wait, where are we at? That, that shiny thing? Absolutely. Yeah, that was my big shiny moment with champagne. Oh, we, so. know, we know the story. We know the story. <laughs> <laughs> so ever since then, it, I've been a champagne guy. What, hap- what, what about when you're out at a nice restaurant? Um, my wife, whatever she wants. <laughs> oh, that's a great answer. Great answer. You're, 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 you're celebrating a big win, which we just talked about. Be that on the court business, whatever you're celebrating. Is it champagne? Yeah, champagne. Right. Okay. Because champagne's safe, right? Everybody can take a sip, right? And everybody, when they see a brand, you know, they like it. Whether it's Moet, whatever it is, they like it. Cristal. They're going to be good. To, to, to each his own. Exactly. To each his own. Mark, man, I just want to say thank you so much, man, for joining me for a glass. Uh, it was, you know, best of luck with everything you have going on right now. And just thank you thank to the you. audience uh, for, for tuning in this week. Please follow, rate, and review What's in Your Glass on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you listen to your podcasts on. You can also check out the video release uh, each week on YouTube. So, Mark, I want to give one last virtual cheers. Thank yes, you. Sir. Thank you. Melon, this is great, man. This is great. I, I appreciate great it. Time. Thanks Mark, for having me Thank on, you. Man. Thank you. Thank conversations get better with the second glass. Always remember that. No kidding. <laughs> Mark, it's all you love. Know. I appreciate you. Thank you. Take care, my guy. All right, peace. <laughs>